0: God Network News Where we give you a new perspective on events happening in our world today. This is GNN.
1: This is God Network News, episode 35.
2: This podcast is proudly listed at PodcastPickle.com.
1: We are excited to be bringing you today on this episode a electronic book as a gift from us to you of the new book that is out just hot off the press called There's a Sheep in My Bathtub. And this is the book that has been written by Brian Hogan about his experiences as he participated in what God was doing amongst the Mongolian people of Outer Mongolia. He saw a people movement take place and participated in that and saw many churches and many Mongolians come to Christ. And as you know, the Kalka Mongols of Outer Mongolia have been an unreached people group for many, many years and were just now seen over the past few years many thousands and tens of thousands of Mongolians coming to Christ. So this is an exciting book that's about Brian's story and his family's story about how they saw God move in a mighty way amongst the Mongolian people. And if you want to get a hard copy of this new book, we'll be putting a hot link in the show notes where you'll get all the information you need to get your own copy. So here we go with There is a Sheep in My Bathtub.
2: Chapter 2. Jump Start. The path leading to that frigid day in Beijing had begun a decade earlier during my second year at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. I was reading a magazine I'd found in the dormitory called In Other Words, a publication of Wycliffe Bible Translators, when the Holy Spirit fell on me and I began to sob uncontrollably. God poured into my spirit his passion for nations that had never heard. I knew immediately that this was what people called a call to missions. I just had no clear idea what missions was. I spent the next five years figuring out what God wanted me to do with this call. The first thing I did was to change my major, which had been natural resources management. I reasoned that working in the forest, which had always been my dream, was definitely not what I was supposed to do now. Whatever missions meant, I was pretty sure it had something to do with people. So I switched to a major in English. Since I had no clear idea of what I was preparing for, a general education seemed the best way to go. Besides, English had always been my favorite subject next to history, so why torture myself with something I didn't enjoy? It wasn't long before I began to think that the whole college thing was a distraction from what God wanted for me. I had already decided that the main reason I was in college was so that I could be a part of the church in San Luis Obispo. I began to think it might be simpler just to leave school and to pursue my mission path. I was heedlessly about to do just that when I felt God telling me to submit the decision to my mother's approval. I knew that wasn't my thought. It sounded crazy. Of course she'd say no. Besides, I was almost 20. But the fact that I knew it wasn't my idea led me to take it seriously. If God wanted me to drop out, I knew he could overpower my mom and make her tell me to go ahead with my plans. I waited until she came up for a visit and took her on a walk through the incredible sea-oak forest in nearby Los Osos. The chill coastal fog raised goosebumps on my bare arms as Mom and I made our way among the gnarled and twisted moss-hung trees in the preserve. It was the kind of place I imagine ancient druids collecting mistletoe, and the aroma of damp oak and loam powerfully conjured that otherworldly vibe. Mom knew something was up, and when we stopped to relax on a trunk that followed the ground rather than reaching up for the sky, she pressed me to spill my guts and end the mystery. Would she promise to really pray about something, even if she had strong feelings about it? When she agreed, I asked her to check with God and see if he wanted me to drop out of college. She was honest about her feelings against it, but she promised to get God's opinion on the matter. The rest of her visit, we were both a little subdued. True to her word, Mom really did seek God, and a few days later called and told me she felt I wasn't finished at Cal Poly. Since I had been telling God I would take whatever she said as guidance direct from Him, I was trapped. I stuck things out at college. Actually, it was no great sacrifice. My studies didn't tax me very much. My grades were good. I was on track to finish in four years, quite a feat for Cal Poly. During my third year, I joined a special school that was being offered at the Vineyard Christian Fellowship, the church I'd been attending. It was a high-intensity and commitment discipleship school that was supposed to be first priority before college or any other commitments. The school of discipleship ran for nine months and combined intensive Bible study, relationships, and ministry opportunities. About 35 of us went through it. We all got extremely close and even more devoted to Jesus. One of the young women in the class, Louise Hugo, came to me several times and asked for a lift home. But thrifty and practical as always, I found someone who lived closer to her to take her home. I didn't have any idea she was attracted to me, and eventually she told God he could have me back. She was content to remain a single woman for Christ. At the end of the school year, we were all sharing our summer plans, and I was surprised to hear Louise was going to lifeguard in a summer camp, just as I was planning to do. We talked a bit about this and said our goodbyes along with everyone else. I didn't think any more about it until I received a postcard from Louise halfway through the summer. She had ended up moving to Santa Barbara to help our pastor, Jack Little, with a new vineyard church plant there. She was also lifeguarding, but at the YMCA. The main thing that caught my eye was her signature love louise i had a lot of time to think while i cleaned the pool all alone i spent a lot of time thinking about louise and kicking myself for having never noticed her much she wrote love i wondered how much just after classes started again i drove down to a worship concert in santa Barbara. It was in a large auditorium, and as I was walking up the ramp to leave, I caught sight of Louise walking out ahead of me. I ran up behind her, intending to strike up a conversation and surprise her. I put my arms around her from behind and said, "'So when are you going to marry me?' I couldn't believe what had just popped out of my mouth. Louise looked over her shoulder and saw me. "'So when are you going to ask?' We were both a bit shocked by what had just happened, and conversation lagged a bit as we walked out into the parking lot. We arranged to meet at a coffee shop where some friends were gathering after the event. We slid into the booth next to each other and about ten others. At some point, I leaned over and whispered, About what you said earlier, I'm asking. With all the others sitting around us and suspecting nothing, we managed to decide that we'd better pray about it. We discovered we were both called to missions work, whatever that meant. We agreed to pray until we knew and then make plans accordingly. We said goodnight and headed back north in separate cars without a kiss. I prayed about marrying Louise until the next morning. By then I was sure. I called her and took her out to a Mexican restaurant built over the creek in front of the old Spanish mission in San Luis Obispo, our first date. I didn't waste any time in telling her I had heard from God that we were supposed to be married. She told me she hadn't gotten any word yet and she would need more time. That was okay. I knew God would tell her the same thing. Ha! That was the longest week of my life. But at the end of a week, Louise Hugo shared my conviction that we were going to be man and wife. We made it official on October 8, 1983. Although we had to keep it a secret for several weeks so Louise could make a visit to her home in the Mojave Desert and break the news to her devout Catholic parents. Just a week after we both graduated from Cal Poly, Louise and I were married. It was the 16th of June, 1984, just eight and a half months after I had blurted out that surprising proposal. God had plans that were bigger than either of us could begin to imagine. Our first year of marital bliss was anything but. After four months of slogging away in menial and uninspiring jobs, an opportunity to minister came our way my grandma alice was suffering from alzheimer's dementia she and my grandfather needed help if they were going to keep living in their home in las vegas my aunt was building an addition onto her home for them but it would take time louise and i offered to move in with my grandparents until their new place was ready making new friends in a strange city while living in a single room of someone else's home is not the easiest thing for newlyweds still struggling with their developing relationship Caring for Grandma Alice was another challenge. She was losing the ability to carry out the simplest tasks, and Louise needed to take over many of them. Grandma would constantly put things away in odd places, causing us to engage in hour-long searches for car keys and wallets. She'd take a walk every day and buy a dozen eggs every time. We were giving eggs away every week, even while we struggled to buy other groceries on our small salaries. We both ended up lifeguarding and teaching at the YMCA pool, and we had agreed to pay for groceries in lieu of rent. To spare their dignity, my grandparents had been told they were helping us out. At church one Sunday, we were introduced to a group from a Christian boys' home called the Mizpah House. We began to volunteer there and eventually hired on as counselors. I loved working with these delinquent kids. Their main trouble seemed to be an excess of personality, and I found I enjoyed being around them. Within the structure of the group home program, real relationships and growth were happening all the time. It was exhilarating, and yet it could be heartbreaking at the same time. We often lost kids through running away or violating the law, both of which resulted in transport to youth prison. Connecting with a boy and hoping he would make it, and then having him run away and lose his place in the program, brought grief. It hurt. The staff used to wryly joke, the ones you wish would run away never do. Eventually, although we loved the work, the emotional toll, and the minimum wage were wearing us out, we had also discovered that we were expecting a baby. I took grad classes and secured a substitute teaching certificate. Eventually, I was substituting almost daily and going by MISPA only to visit. I had learned I loved working with troubled kids, and I was gifted at it. We began thinking that maybe our calling was to urban youth ministry. Well before Louise and I had really figured out how to be a couple, we found ourselves a trio. Louise had been in labor as she walked me to work at a nearby elementary school a hot September day in 1985. At lunch, I was called into the principal's office with a note. He told me Louise was at the birthing center and asked me if I would mind finishing out the day in the class that I was teaching. I informed him I was leaving immediately and advised him to call sub-services and ask for a sub for the sub. There was no way I was going to risk missing the birth of my first child. As it turned out, we had several hours together using the breathing exercises we had practiced. The midwife came into our room at the birthing center regularly to check on the progress of labor. About 4.30 p.m., Melody Grace entered the world. I used the phone in the room to call everyone we knew. By seven that evening the three of us were back in our suddenly much roomier lodgings. Just weeks before Melody joined us, Grandpa Jim and Grandma Alice had moved across town to my Aunt Dottie's, into their new semi-independent apartment. All of a sudden, for the first time in our year and a half of marriage, we had an entire house to ourselves. What bliss! Except now there wasn't much to keep us in Las Vegas. On an Easter visit back to San Luis Obispo, we were both shocked by how green everything was. We had become so used to the desert, we had forgotten how lovely growing things were. We both realized we didn't really like Las Vegas, and if we stayed there very long, we might become stuck there. Besides, air conditioning on our car went out about this time. We decided a summer in the blistering heat of Las Vegas with temperatures over 100 degrees Fahrenheit daily without air conditioning and or many substituting gigs was not an option. Within a month, after 20 months in Las Vegas, we loaded up our meager belongings and hightailed it back to Los Osos. We didn't know it then, but this was to be our third of 23 moves in 23 years of marriage. Intent on pursuing what we thought God was calling us to do, I worked as a salesman while going back to school at Cal Poly as a counseling grad student. Eventually, I landed a job starting a new boys' home for a company contracted with the state. I was a manager, and I worked long hours getting the home set up, staffed, and licensed. A couple of months after we opened for business, the owner of the company wanted a job for his daughter and gave her mine. I was welcome to stay on a staff working for her, but the idea held no appeal for me. I had to find something else, and fast. I went to the career center on our old college campus to see what job listings they had there. Little did we know it, but this trip to job hunt at Cal Poly would finally open the door, and eventually our minds, to what God had been calling us to do all along.
1: We want to give you a little bit of information about what is on our website when you go visit Uh There are a few of our favorite links that we have there that we wanted to tell you about. One of them is a really cool ministry called Create International, and there's a hot link on the website to them. They have some fantastic resources for missions work. Whether you are involved in mobilizing for missions or teaching missions in your church or in your Bible school, or you perhaps need some resources to be used in evangelism cross-culturally, they've got it all. Really a fantastic media ministry, and you can visit them at www.createinternational.com. That's www.createinternational.com. And if you want to go directly to their resource page and get some of their resources, just go to www.createinternational.com forward slash store, and you can get some great resources there. Another really fantastic website that is connected to that ministry is called Indigitech.net. That's www.indigitech.net net. If you look at the website you'll see the hot link in the show notes under favorite links. But this is a fabulous website. It has probably over eight hundred external links to other mission agencies websites that have resources that can be used for evangelism and a mobilization for unreached people groups especially. And so this is like a one-stop shopping center where you can go and get all kinds of resources. And most of it's downloadable for free over the Internet. And one thing that I just noticed that in Indigitech.net has put up all of the evangelistic films that Create International has produced in several different formats Downloadable for free. That's right, downloadable for free so that you can download them, use them on your computer to show. Maybe you're going on an outreach, you can put them on your iPod, your MP3 player, whatever it might be. You can download the files from them for free. You can burn DVDs from that or VCDs, whatever format you happen to be using. Maybe if you're going into China or some closed country, you might need to put them onto a disk, hide it inside of your music CDs or whatever, take it in and then make a whole bunch of copies when you get in there. Or some people are actually putting them on their USB jump drive and taking that in just around their neck and no worries, and just burning copies when they get in there and distributing them all over the place. So uh, definitely go and check out those resources. I think you'll be very happy you did. Some other things that are on our website there... Uh, you can subscribe now through Zoom. If you have a Zoom player, I know they've got some new updates to Zoom. And if you uh, have one of those, you can click a little hot link button there and automatically sign up for the podcast there using your Zoom. Or it has iTunes and also MyRo, uh, or Miro, if you pronounce it that way, M I R O. A lot of people are using this service, especially to watch videos. It's a vidcast that we have, as well as an audio cast. You can watch and listen to those over Myro. Actually, another thing that I wanted to mention too is that we also have another God Network News (GNN) podcast site, which is only for audio. In other words, there's no videos that we've put on are accessible over that feed. It's a whole new feed, completely different feed, and you can find that feed. On iTunes, or you can go directly to our web page with that new feed at www.godnetworknews.mypodcast.com. I'll give you that URL again. It's www.godnetworknews.mypodcast.com. And that, again, is just an audio-only feed and website that's there. But if you don't want to get the videos that are available through iTunes or, or through this particular feed, you just want a, an audio-only feed, then you can get that feed through that. So please do visit that website as well. I think you like that. Uh, also, we do on the website have some free gifts for you. You can get media resources. There's a hot link for that for free to download. Also, if you're interested in blogging yourself or podcasting yourself, there's a really cool newsletter that you can sign up to that's free that tells you everything about podcasting and blogging you could ever want to know. And that's a great resource, and it also has a website with it. Also, you'll notice on our webpage, the God Network News webpage, that we have an unreached people of the day that changes each day and gives you a picture of the unreached peoples and the population, the language, religion, you know, what percentage are evangelical and so forth. And you can click on that and get even more information. And while you're at our webpage, we'd love it if you voted for us or gave us a little bit of a promotion plug by clicking on one of our hot links there to services on the internet for podcasters, Christian podcasters. And one is called Missionary 500. You can click on that and vote for us on Missionary 500. That brings us up the ladder, so to speak, and more people will see us. We'll get more traffic. More people will get a hold of our resources. Also right next to that is a button for godcast1000.com. That is the largest Christian podcasting directory in the world. And if you click on that, you can vote for us, give us a little promotion to go up the ladder, so to speak, so more people can be receiving our information. And there's other links as well there, friends like Story for All podcast and others that you can click on and get some fabulous resources from. So please do go to our website and check it out. There's lots of great resources, and if you don't go to it, you're missing out. And that, again, that URL for you to visit is www.godnews.podomatic.com.